Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. and I have a confession to make. While I was uh, watching that, I wanted to be that little boy. So, if you ever come in here in the church on any given night and you see Bonnie doing that, do not judge me, okay? All right. That looked like a lot of fun. This looks like a really cool rug, right? (laughs) All right. Let's pray, amen? Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you so much for this privilege and this honor to be able to be here today together. Lord God, being able to come into this message about faith, operating itself through our lives, Lord God, and being able to discern the call on our life. So, Lord God, through this word, I ask that you would open up the hearts, Lord God, open up the ears, let them hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, we're going to give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let me ask this question. When you came in here, did anybody come in here with a spirit of expectation? Oh, we can do better than that. We can do better than that. Why did I ask that? Because whenever the word of God goes forth, you ought to have a spirit of expectation. We don't come in here to waste our time, right? We come in here to get what it is that God has for us. So I want you to know today that God has got something for you, and my prayer is that you are ready for it. (laughs) So we're in our series, and it's about discerning the call of God on our lives. And I don't know about you, but as a child, I remember my friends, my teachers, uh, my parents asking that question, Bonnie, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? What kind of job do you want to have? And my answers always ranged anywhere from oceanographer Oh yeah, I wanted to be an oceanographer. I wanted to be an oceanographer until I was able to see that there were um, sharks living in the ocean and then that just kind of went to the wayside. So I'm like, that's over there. I wanted to be a veterinarian, but above all, I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. But what's interesting is, is I don't ever remember having the conversation with anyone or being asked the question, Bonnie, who are you becoming? What kind of person do you want to be? And one of the reasons why that's so important is because one of the biggest challenges that we are facing right now in our world as a Christian is identity crisis. We live in a world that teaches us that what we are capable of doing far outweighs, far outweighs the significance of who we are striving to become. It is not what you do that changes people's hearts. It is not what you accomplish that brings about the will of God. It is who you are, who you are becoming in Christ that gives him the opportunity to work through your faith. 
What is God's call on our life? Well, the first call is, of course, to relationship. What God wants more than anything is for you to have a heart that is like his son, Jesus Christ. He wants us to think and he wants us to act like Jesus. And why? Because the world needs Jesus Christ. Amen? When we go out and we have a heart like Jesus Christ, Jesus himself told the disciples, you know what, when you love one another the way that I have loved you, relationship, he said that's how the world is going to know that I am who I say I am. You know, Charles Swindoll is quoted as saying this, oh, it's possible to do lots of things, but yet be nothing as a person. When my ex-mother-in-law passed away, I'm here to tell you that her funeral lasted for hours. And what was so amazing to me is that person after person after person stood up and wanted to talk about Lessie Mae, but they didn't talk about what she did for a living. They didn't talk about all the accomplishments that she had done in her life. No, 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 no. What they talked about was, Lessie May made me feel loved. She made me feel valuable. She made me feel encouraged. She let me know that I am more than enough. And what's so important, what we need to understand is that discerning God's call in our life, it is about both. God is calling us not only to be, but also to do. But what matters is the order of importance. God says that who you are becoming in Jesus Christ far outweighs what you could ever do for the Lord. I want you to look at a scripture with me. I love this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's what I love. Y'all ready? You go with me. For we are his workmanship created in who? For? So we are created in whom? For? So what does that tell you? That your being, who you are in Christ Jesus, comes before the good works that God has already prepared for you to do for the kingdom of God. Listen, we have to find ourselves in Christ first. We have to abide in him because it is who we are in him, right? that we become his sons and daughters. That's what results in good works. He's calling us first and foremost to relationship. Men, raise your hands for me. That's the sons of God. Women, raise your hands for me. You are the daughters of the most high God. Yeah, come on, yeah. And you know what I love about that? You don't have to measure up. What I love about that is he's not waiting for you to come and say, I've got this to offer you, I've got that to offer you. That is what the world says, that you've got to be pretty enough, that you've got to have this, that you've got to have that, that these skills are what is necessary. No, no, no. God simply says, you know what? He said, I, I love you, and I want to enter into a relationship with you. So all we have to do is literally become who God has created us in Christ to be, and it starts with relationship. 
So let's take a look at three truths that I want to share with you today. Our identity is not in what we do. Our identity is rooted in who Christ is and what he has done for us. Transformation is the key to producing godly fruit, and God has given to each of us a measure. And what a measure means is an assigned amount. Before you were ever born, God already knew who you were going to be, what you were going to do, how you were going to do it. And he assigned to each and every one of you the measure of faith to be able to do exactly what God has called you to do. To do what? To fulfill your calling. And he has designed you with good works in mind. Don't you love that? I love that. All right. So here's the first thing we want to talk about. Our identity is not in what we do. It's rooted in who God is. Why is that so important? Because of this. When God built us right, he understood that deep down in our hearts, we would have a hunger for security. That we would have a hunger and a desire to be significant, right? To know that when we're here on our time and this earth, that we are making a difference. And so unfortunately, because pretty much all through our lives, right, we're not asked, who are you becoming? We're always asked, so hey, what do you do? What do you do? So what we do is we tend to put more emphasis on what we're able to do than who we are becoming in Christ. But remember, everything that we do has to flow from who we are for God to receive the glory. And here's the thing. If your identity is not in Christ, one of the first places that you're going to be tempted to look is your career. And it doesn't just end there. Our identity can be found in success. We might look for, if we're wealthy enough, we might look for our appearance. We might look for relationships. Many, many, many people assign the self-worth of who they are based on who loves them. And I'm not talking about God. God does not want us to have any other foundation other than who he is. And I'm here to tell you, placing your identity in things and situations sneak up on you to make you uh, have to take a look and realize that we are all susceptible to that. Amen? Amen? I remember when I broke my foot last year. You all know that when I come in, folks always love my shoes. <laughs> but here's the thing. I did not realize that I was really resting on and leaning on the ability to wear shoes and what people thought about that and always wanting to hear those accolades. And so for six weeks, God had my foot up in a sling with a screw all in there, and God kept saying to me, I am more than enough. That, Bonnie, anything, anything that you rest, lean on to, you know, define your worth, define your value is not in me. You need to know that I am more than enough. And you want to know why? Because jobs change. Amen? Relationships change. Seasons change. I know I'm seeing a whole lot of nods, and you know that all through life, God promises that our seasons are going to change. And that's why the Apostle Paul says this. He says, listen, he said, anything else that you put your foundation on, it's garbage. Yeah, he used that word. It's garbage. Because he said, why? He said, we are to gain Christ and we are to be found in him. Hear me when I say this. The highest calling on your life, if you want to know how to discern it, it is God's love for you and for you to be in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to bring anything with you. There is nothing that God is calling you other than your willing heart to be able to receive him for who he is. All 
that we do should flow out of who we are. And why? Because when our worth and our identity is uh, determined by what we do, then what happens when we can't perform? What happens when we lose that job? What happens when a person walks out on our relationship? So here's the questions that you need to ponder. Just take a moment. Are you looking to your work or what you're able to accomplish or the significance of what you have done here uh, to give you the security of who you are rather than God? I have. Are any relationships in your life suffering because you are so busy with all of the work and all of the activities that God uh, that has been placed before you that it's literally choking out the ability to love them the way that God wants you to love them? God wants you to be present. He wants you to be available. He cares more about how you treat people and how you invest into people than what you can do for them. Look at this scripture. I love this. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, it's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that anyone would not have the opportunity to boast. There is absolutely nothing that we could ever do, be, or say that is going to make God love us and desire us and want to be in that relationship than, than, than anything. All he requires is for us. Amen? So understand your identity in God starts with understanding who he is, what he says about who you are, and what he says about you. So I think we can be safe to say this. Your identity can be defined by who God is making you be in his image. So after he's been calling us to relationship, then the next step is he calls us to have our minds renewed in Christ. And why is that? Because we are no longer dead in sin. Before you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you are dead as far as your spirit, the portion that God has created you in his image, it is not connected to him. And so when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, he's able to come in and the spirit then connects you with God so that you can begin a life by the spirit pleasing to him. Take a look at that scripture. Transformation is the key. We're just going to drop down here. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Why does God want to renew our mind? Because he wants us to bear godly fruit. And here's the thing. You cannot bear godly fruit living out of your flesh. The spirit produces fruit that can only come from spirit. So as you are being renewed right through the, through the word of God, that's when he's able to, to produce love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the gentleness and the self-control that can only come from living in the spirit. And please know this, God will not be mocked. The word of God says that whatever seeds you sow, are you with me? Yeah. So imagine that your life is a garden and that wherever you walk, right, it is a garden and you are planting seeds whether you realize it or not. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> and God is giving you this wonderful opportunity, right, to produce this beautiful garden, right, with seeds that are full of that love and the joy and the peace. Why? Because people are hungry. When you're in relationship with them, they are looking to eat the fruit that you are producing off of the tree that you are living from. 
And that's why the Bible says a good tree can't bear bad fruit. <laughs> so you will have to understand, the Bible says he cannot be mocked. A tree will be known by its fruit. And here's the thing. The works of the flesh we know are in total contrast with the fruit of the Spirit. So an example would be, is that if somebody says something to me that I do not like, I cannot punch them in the face. That, that is really what I would like to do. That would be the solution in that moment. I want to punch you in the face, right? But what, what is that going to produce? Huh? That is only going to produce what? It's going to produce what the world wants it to produce. He doesn't want us to have peace with each other. He doesn't want us to be flowing in love with each other. He doesn't want us to, to have anything that has to do with God because he knows that that fruit is going to produce a godly life. And here's what I love. I love this about the word of God. And here's why. Because when you are walking and you are planting those seeds in that garden and all of the relationships, whether you're at school, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, the Bible says that when you sow to the Spirit, you will reap to the Spirit. And what God is saying is, he's saying, this is your promise. Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap your just reward. God is about transformation. He wants us to change the world. He took 12 ordinary men, and they walked with him and talked with him. They ate with him. They learned about who Jesus Christ was, and they were able to see that being in that relationship, that they could be like Christ, and they could transform the world just like Christ did. Don't you love to read the stories of Jesus that wherever his feet took him, he was transforming the world through the compassion, through the love. And it was because of his relationship with his heavenly father. He said, I am in my father and my father is in me. And he said, and we are one. And what you need to know is what happens at salvation is that when you have a repentant heart, when the Holy Spirit comes in, you actually give the Spirit permission to begin to produce a different kind of fruit. And I don't know about you, but over and over and over again, I have had the opportunity to see God at work producing that fruit. I want people's lives to be changed. I want people's lives to be transformed. I want people to know the love of Jesus Christ. I want them to have what God has for them. And I cannot do it punching them in the face. <laughs> Can I? Oh, shucks. Why does God need us to be transformed. Because you guys hate and indifference, rudeness and impatience, that's not gonna transform anybody's live, lives. But his love and joy and peace and patience, that's gonna transform. Unforgiveness, walking around holding unforgiveness towards anybody in your life, having hostility or resentment towards people who have mistreated you, that is not going to transform lives. But being willing to walk in forgiveness being willing to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, being willing to walk doing what God tells you to do, that is what's going to change people's lives. Amen? Here's the thing. When you open up the Word of God, He says things like this. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Pray for your enemies. Do, do good to them. 
pray for them and, 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 and do good to those that say things that are, that are evil and revile and, and they do all sorts of things to hurt you and harm you. He said, because when you do that, he says, God can go to work. Amen? God can go to work to bring them from the place that they are here outside of where they need to be. Don't we want our enemies to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? You guys, it is not about us. The Bible tells us that even one single life, one life, everybody put up one. Look around, one. He says, when you plant to the Spirit and you live in the Spirit, that even one life is transformed in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, all of heaven rejoices. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? If we work together and even one single life is transformed for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think heaven would say so. Amen? Take a look at the scripture. Uh-oh. Now I'm getting ready to tell y'all you're, you're accountable now. You ready? I chose you. Who's you? Raise your hands. Woo! <laughs> I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Whatever it is that you plant for the kingdom of God, guess what? I love this. When you plant love and joy and peace and patience and forgiveness into the life of somebody else, guess what? Their heart can't remove it. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you got to do. That's what I did with my brother. When he told me 15 years went by, and I know I've shared this, but 15 years went by, and I finally said to him, bruh, I'm telling you right now, you might as well give it up. This girl isn't going anywhere. This girl's not going to stop loving you. This girl has already forgiven you. This girl is going to keep on loving you. And guess what God did? He brought my brother back to me. Amen? Amen. Let's take a look at this last, this last truth. Amen? I love this. God has given each of us, each of us, each and every one of us, a measure of faith, an assigned amount of faith. Let's stop there. This is what's happening. When he created you, when he knit you, and he placed you in your mother's womb, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 18, my favorite, I am telling you right now that he says every day of your life, every single day, every moment of your life was written in his book in advance. And so what he's saying is, is that if I call you into a relationship, if I call you to have, uh, to fulfill your calling, he's saying, I'm going to give you exactly what you need to accomplish it. Because it is not in our own strength. It is not in our own ability. He gives us everything we need, an exact and assigned amount of faith to be able to do what God has called you to do. That ought to excite you. Because <laughs> I'm here to tell you, when he calls you to whatever task it is, you got to know that it's not about you. you got to know that you have to depend on and rely on him entirely. Because we can only do it. I can do all things through Christ who lives in me and through me. Amen? All right. And the last piece is, he's got a purpose designed for you. Each and every one of us have a unique personality, gifts, and talents, and all of these different things that we are able to do for the kingdom of God. And he wants you to know that each and every one of you matter. 
I love that the Bible tells us that he does not show favoritism. I don't care whether you are a janitor. I don't care whether you are a doctor. I don't care whether you're on staff. I don't care if you're a volunteer. I don't care if you serve in a restaurant. I don't care what you do. God says, you matter. I gave you a measure of faith. I've created you. I've designed you to be able to do what I have called you to do. And why do I tell you that? Because we need you. The body of Christ needs you. And, and here's the thing. This is what I love. I sat the other night on Wednesday, and our power had gone out. And I had the opportunity to just take a step back and to look at what was happening in our church. People were cooking and laughing while they were cooking. Volunteers were standing behind the line after person after person after person went through to get a hot meal. We had folks outside. Morgan was out there taking care of people who needed to have food. The production team and all the musicians were doing all that God had called them to do. And it was a beautiful sight. <laughs> Why? Because every single one of us were doing something different, but yet we were all together, working together with the kingdom of God to make a difference. Amen? So listen, let's take a look at this video. I want you to take a look at this video because is God calling you? I'm just too busy. I'm just too young. I'm too old. I'm already married. I'm just not good enough. There are a lot of reasons why not to answer God's call. We look at our lives, our imperfect, unprepared, even sinful lives, and all we're able to see is what's missing, what we can't do. How could God use me, we ask? There must be better people. Judging ourselves by the standard of our world, we respectfully decline God's call and hope that someone else will answer it. But God doesn't choose people based on the standard of our world. So often it's not the strong, the knowledgeable, or the perfect that he chooses. It's the weak, the unexpected, even the broken ones he uses to show his glory. Elizabeth was too old. Moses wasn't a good speaker. Jeremiah was too young. Rahab was a prostitute. Mary Magdalene had seven demons. Jonah ran from God. Peter straight up denied Jesus. And Lazarus? Lazarus was dead. To say that we're too old, too young, too busy, or too much of a sinner to accomplish great things on our own might be true, on our own. But while we're sitting here focused on all the many things we can't do, the many ways in which we are not good enough to accomplish incredible things, we forget one fundamental truth. It's not about us. Having a call from God is not about who we are and what we can do. It's about who God is and what God wants to accomplish in and through us. As he has shown time and time again, it doesn't matter if the person thinks she or he is qualified, wants the job in the first place, or in the case of Lazarus, is even alive. All that matters is that God knows who he can use and calls them to share in his work of building up the kingdom. Maybe God is calling you, calling you to use the gifts you've been given to make the world a better place for everyone to live, especially the poor among us calling you to share the amazing things you've learned to enlighten minds about the wonders of God and the universe he created. Calling you to work with integrity and virtue, doing jobs that no one else wants to do for the betterment of society and nation. Calling you to live with kindness and peace 
building up the human family through love and forgiveness. When it comes to being called by God, there's no such thing as being too young or too old, unworthy or unprepared. And it doesn't matter if you're single, married, or a celibate like me. If God has a job for you, all that matters is that you have the courage to say yes and the trust to follow wherever he may lead you. Amen. What I'd like to do very quickly is speaking of being called and speaking of having folks within our church that have just a moment to be able to share with you about today's message about how did they discern God's calling on their life? What did God do for them? Who did he send into their lives to be able to show them that it's all about relationships? So please welcome Ryan Tunick and Michelle Winfrey. Amen. Thank you both so much for being a part of our message today. What I'd like to do is to start with Michelle, and, and please just share with us, what currently do you uh, do for a living? Currently, I am an administrative assistant, Christ follower, who's just trying to hear and answer God's call. Amen. Ryan. Yeah, my name is Ryan Tunick. I am the social media and studio coordinator here at Hope Elam, as well as personally a content creator in music, video, and entertainment. Amen. The reason why I invited these two up is because as I prayed about who to bring up, what the Holy Spirit showed me is that they have open hearts, they have a desire to continue in their relationship with God, and they want to be utilized for His glory. So I just want to say to both of you, thank you for reflecting Christ, and thank you for being here with us. So I'm going to get right to the next question. You ready? Yes. All it. right. <laughs> So we talked about being called to relationship. We talked about how God has to transform us, right, through that relationship to be able to reflect his heart, be able to reflect his mind so that we can go out into the world, right, and we can be able to utilize that transformation to make a difference. And it doesn't matter, right, what we have been called to. We all have different roles, and he uses us in each and every different role. So here's my question, Michelle. Please share with us how the Holy Spirit has helped you to discern the calling in your life, your relationship with God. I would like first to quote the words of my grandmother, who I often heard share the statement, thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you that you never left us alone. Um, I'd like to also comment that it's not just been one or two or three people, but over the course of my entire life, God has sent people to intersect my life and impact it at every single level. Mm. But there is one individual who is a giant amongst them all. This woman I met when I was my husband Wesley's fiance. Um, she, even at that time in my life, she blessed me as a young woman. She prayed blessings over me as a new mm. wife. Wow. She prayed for me as I was pregnant, carrying our first child. She blessed me that I was a beautiful mother. This woman has continually in my life just been a giant. I have never met anyone so fervently who walks with Christ. Uh, I've never met anyone whose love, it just emanates. You can't not feel it when you meet this woman. I don't know mm. if anyone has ever in 
encountered someone like that, but the love is so strong that you can't stop it. Well, she's ill right now, and one of the last conversations that I had the privilege to have with her, she shared with me something about love. We all know what God's word says about love. It never, it never fails. Well, Dorothy Pope shared with me that love places a demand on the person that receives it. You, you can't be around love that is authentic, that Ooh. is real, that is true, wow. and refuse it because eventually Come on. love will break through because yes. it is the one thing in the Bible that never, ever fails. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I just had to let that marinate for a second because <laughs> bringing it. Um, I absolutely resonate as well. You can't do life alone. You have to have people pouring into you, people who have gone before you, people who are walking alongside you. You just can't do it by yourself because I've heard John say this before too, and maybe you have as well, is that when it's so much just me and God and nobody else, then God starts sounding more like me <laughs> instead of me starting to sound like God. You feel me? And so us having community and people that are walking alongside us to discern, nah, that's a little bit too much of your flesh and a little bit less of his spirit helps us to discern along our path. The word is fantastic and we should continue to use it. Let's use it with other people as well and let them pour into us with it. And so I've had a lot of amazing people do that for me. Like I said, John, Bonnie, Ben, uh, Julian, Neil. There's so many people in this audience that I'm grateful for who have poured into me and helped me to discern his spirit. And I'm telling you this right now though, as we're talking about what Bonnie's been preaching on and I, I hope you guys are taking this all to heart because what Bonnie's been bringing is been bringing. Like, if you, if, if you missed it, yes, she is. This is it. I'm telling you, this is it. If you missed it, go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. I hope Elam punched that subscribe button. Sorry. I had to as a social media guy. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is this and what she's been alluding to this whole time and talking about. There's a difference between your career and your calling. Amen. Come on. Because for some of us, amen, for some of us, yes. with 2020 and COVID and everything, we lost that job and we lost our identity. For Ooh. some of you who are facing retirement or you're getting close to that time in your life, you are terrified because everything has been wrapped up in that job that you've been so obedient and serving in. Like, please hear me say I'm commending you, but you're terrified because that's all that you've lived for. And now when you're facing that moment, when you're getting to retirement and you're wondering, wow, I thought my career was my calling. Who am I once this is done? Come on. If that's you right now, you're not alone. Amen. But I want you to take the opportunity to ask, is this just about a career or have I been obedient to God's call on my life to accept his calling? Because your calling doesn't change. Here's the thing. Your calling can change your job, but your job cannot change your calling. It cannot. It cannot. So when you're in these moments of like, well, you know, I'm transitioning in my job, guess what? You, God might be transitioning you into a new season for sure, but his calling on your life has remained. And so as I continue to look at the journey that I've been on and grateful for the people that surrounded me, his calling on me has not changed. However, 
It's taken me a long time to be obedient to pick up the phone. <laughs> For too long, I knew what picking up that phone meant. Mm, come on. The call that that was putting on my life, the responsibilities, what I was demanded of. Because the love that he was imprinting on me demanded action. And demanded change. That's right. Since, so, and, of course, Bonnie just had to pick the right question <laughs> to just bring out the things that I've been marinating on. Yeah. Since I preached my first sermon in fifth grade to my peers, God has been calling me to continue to rep represent him to other people for the transformation of them in their lives through Christ Jesus. Amen. I want you to hear this. God's calling on my life hasn't changed. He's refined, he's chiseled, and he's sanctified me through the things in which he has done in my life to get me prepared and ready for this moment. But now he's like, are you willing to accept the call in obedience to what I am calling you to? And that is pastoral ministry. And so I am stepping into, Lord willing, this. Thank you. Stepping in this spring to uh, pursue seminary uh, alongside continuing to stay on mission here at Hope Elam. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just being obedient Amen. to God's call Amen. and stop dragging my feet on that. So thank you to all the people who helped me do that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. You know, we would rather see a sermon right than hear one. So the last question is this. We talked about transformation. We talked about how God wants us to take the fruit of the Spirit, right? And as we turn our backs to the world and all the ways that it is and begin to really reflect Jesus Christ, could you please, would you please just give a, a, a very quick example of how God has used you to make a difference uh, out in your workplace, at school, in your home, where you recognize that it was uh, God and His Spirit working through you and not punching them in the face? Bonnie, that was not the original question we were given. It's a trick question. It's a pop quiz. Um, but uh, recently um, at work, there have been a lot of changes trickling down from everybody to do things slightly different, some different changes, some new software programs. And another sister and I had, I would call, a very heated exchange. It was a very intense time of fellowship. Um, <laughs> It was not my fault. She started it. That's what I said to the father. Um, but I had to, well, the Lord dealt with me with that overnight, and I had to be mindful of something that really is near and dear to me. I spent eight and a half hours, we, for those of us who go to work every day, sometimes up to 10 hours, we spend with people that are not related to us. Now, I just have to put up with those folks up there because... <laughs> They're mine and I'm related to them. I get to go home to them, but at work, I really want my work family to work well for me. And there was tension. So top of the morning, the Lord was like, don't hesitate, don't do anything else. You immediately apologize. And I said, but it's not my fault, Lord. She was wrong. I wasn't ready to apologize, but the father dealt with me all the way on the car ride home and he said, you apologize. I didn't sign into my computer, I didn't log in. I said, sister, if my tone was inappropriate, I apologize. Now I did not admit I was wrong because I was not. <laughs> but 
I did not want there to be tension between she and I. We spend eight and a half of our waking hours together. I said, we need to be a good team because I wanted a good space when I work with my coworkers. I wanted a good space. Amen. Thank you so much, Michelle. Wow. I know some of y'all are hearing that and you're like, well, Monday's about to be real difficult. <laughs> some of you got stuff that you've been carrying into the weekend. Um, yeah, when Mo- Bonnie posed this question, I had this story about um, a song that I put out that was not well done, but had impacted somebody. And then she tagged on the punching them in the face uh, at the end. So I felt like that wasn't really going to work too well to share because I didn't want to. Um, <laughs> but the story that God had <sighs> pressed me into was one that I was not ready to share, but it was all him, so we're going to do it again. Um, Back in March, or not March, excuse me, um, the end of May, beginning of June 2020, George Floyd, the marches here in Des Moines. Um, I was a part of a team with Justin Lewis and others to help youth um, make sure that they were staying safe, that the uh, law enforcement was being heard, um, as well as those who were uh, protesting uh, to make sure that things were peaceful between both. Um, and so we were doing that the whole night. Um, and then uh, we had one more chance to just kind of, hey, we want to make sure people get home safe. And so I pulled up to the spot um, that I'd just been at 10 minutes ago, mind you, and um, was immediately um, pulled from my car, maced, multiple bodies pressed against me, just some other things that were highly unfortunate um, that don't need to be talked about now. But um, I was in that space of a lot of questions and bitterness and wondering, like, why is this happening? I got but, like, the littlest appetizer of what so many of you face on a day-to-day basis. Um, And you blow me away at your unfailing love in moments where people don't deserve it. Amen. And so this scenario showed me not only what it looks like to be healed in that process and to experience just a glimpse of that, um, not the full picture at all, like, please hear me, my privilege. Like, I, I have no idea what it's fully like. But um, one of the things that God used in that moment um, was in the car ride to Polk County. Um, in being arrested, I was able to share the gospel with someone who was sitting next to me who had felt like for far too long that the church and God looked at them like they would never be loved again and never welcomed in. And I was able to look at them in the eyes and say, you are enough. That whatever anybody else says about you, whatever else they're trying to define you as, whatever else they're trying to pit pocket you into, you are loved by the creator and he loves you for who you are and who he's created you to be. (laughs) And no church, nobody trying to put restrictions on God can do that. And so to be able to recognize in that moment that, yeah, it was an unfortunate situation full of misunderstandings and injustices and things of that nature, I got the chance to be able to share God's love with somebody who needed it in that night and in that moment. And since then, 
not only those moments of sharing the gospel with people as I was waiting to be released, but also afterwards, God working on my heart. Amen. Working on my forgiveness, working on my bitterness to say, you know what? Jesus. Help me to see people as people. Jesus. Help me to see people as creations of God. Wow. No matter what they've done to me, no matter how they treated me, it's all, it, all that matters is how I respond and how I interact with other people. Amen. And so God has been working on me with that and pulling that punch back. Amen. So he's been in the process for Amen. a while. And so I'm grateful uh, for the ways in which he's healed me and transformed me and taught me in the midst of that experience. Because the first, one of the first people that called me, I just, the last thing I wanted to add, and I apologize. Um, it is so powerful to have community because one of the first people that called me was John Anderson. And I will never forget feeling some sort of questioning guilt of like, man, I've just never been in this situation in my life. I don't know how people are going to respond. And all that John did was say, how are you doing? Yep. Not, well, let me hear the whole scenario first before I uh, offer my care, before I offer my love, before I offer any question of affection or uh, just comfort. Wow. He just said, how are you doing? wrecked me. Absolutely wrecked me. So it's so important to have people in your life that are going to continue to press you towards the spirit and towards God and towards his unfailing love for one another. Everybody, please thank Ryan and Michelle for coming up and sharing their stories. Amen. Thank you both so much. It's that time, y'all. It's a call to action. And the gentleman from the video said it the best, and here's what I want to say to all of you. Here's what God is saying to all of you. Do you have the courage to say yes? Do you have the trust in God to follow him wherever he may lead you in any way that he wants to use you for the glory of God? The young man said this. We may be sitting here focused on all the many things we can't do, the many things or many ways in which we are not good enough to accomplish incredible things, but we are forgetting one fundamental truth. It's not about us. Having a call from God is not about who we are or what we can do. No, it's about who God is and what he wants to accomplish in and through us. If God has a job for you to do, all that matters is that you have the courage to say yes and the trust to follow him wherever he may lead you. And speaking of the trust to follow wherever God may lead you, guess what? Pastor John has got an announcement to make for our church, and I have a feeling there's going to be some yoo-hoos and hallelujahs. So let's bring him on up. And uh, just thank you uh, to Michelle and Ryan and Bonnie for, for sharing and bringing God's word today. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, could it be that a part of God's call on us as a church is not to focus on one or two people that get to stand up here on a stage, but to help you flourish, 
to help men and women of God flourish and step into the calling that God has on your life. And that's really what we've been up to with our pastoral call team over the last couple months. And I know we're getting a little long today, but, you know, what else are you going to do? It's hot. Um, But... (laughs) You might want to know this. We've had an incredible team uh, that has been working together over the last couple months to do that. A very same thing that Bonnie was talking about today is saying, God, who is that next person? Who is that next minister, that next pastor that God has called here to Hope Elam? And so we've had an incredibly uh, diverse team that's been together, that's been praying, that's discerning into that. And we knew we didn't want to rush ahead of God. uh, And yet we wanted to take immediate action as well because we know that leadership is very, very important. And so uh, we've been a part of doing this search. And a part of that process uh, was a nationwide search. We talked to nine or ten different candidates from the church world, from the nonprofit world, from uh, various church backgrounds and denominations. And of all of those candidates uh, that we vetted, there was a certain individual that just by far and away rose to the top of that list. And we uh, brought him in uh, and his wife for uh, a time with us as the call team, with the staff, to talk with different leaders here as well. And our call team was unanimous in, uh, in extending that call to Dr. Brian Brown. And then the church council accepted uh, that and approved that call. And then, and then hold your applause. Yeah, absolutely. And then this last Monday, uh, I was out having lunch and I got the call that I've been waiting for uh, on my phone uh, for a while. And Dr. Brian Brown accepted the call to be our next minister here at Hope Elam. So we were so excited for that. much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.